everyone to our first episode of Underground Chainsaw Aficionado, where we want to discuss all of your uh, obscure chainsaws and uh, antique chainsaws, collectible chainsaws, and other ridiculously amazing chainsaws. I'm your host here, uh, Mustache Joe. And we're Joe, gonna... Joe, I'm going to put on caller number three. Hey, Joe, how's it going? I love your show, man. I listen, long time, long time listener, first time caller. Oh, wow, wow, thank you. Thank you for the I got attention. a question. I got a new Go Igaboo chainsaw, and I, I can't cut through uh, steel. Oh, well, your biggest problem there is the brand, actually. That's not a steel chainsaw. Those are uh, best if you oil them. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to the real podcast, IBC's Evil Safety Dudes. This is a show about all things safety, all things OSHA. Basically, to sum it up, how not to die at work. For the entire podcast, I might just whisper quietly into the phone. Okay. Yeah, there you go. And um, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. A.J. Hanscom, and he is an OSHA authorized outreach trainer, and he's taught, uh, I don't know, over 100 Bloodborne Pathogen courses, I'm (laughs) sure, and done many, many consulting and seen a lot of blood in the field with all the accident uh, investigations he's done. And I am joined in the IBC podcast for it with Mr. Aaron Iacino, who is a OSHA authorized outreach nurse. Yes, that's not actually a thing. I'm an OSHA outreach authorized nurse. nurse. <laughs> <laughs> what you use like a you combine a OSHA couple titles there? Safety and health nurse. <laughs> there you go. I am a registered nurse, and so um, no is, no yeah. stranger to bloodborne pathogens. Well, it's important to mention in an uh, episode about bloodborne pathogens. Yeah, I'm for sure. Here with a nurse, I've picked up my share fair share of fingers off the ground. Gross. Yeah, at, um, as a safety guy. I wish I could have picked and up more fingers. Don't get me started on bloodborne pathogen stories from 10 years working in hospitals. Well, not just hospitals, though. You you had a specific area in hospitals. Yeah, I was a psychiatric adolescent nurse. So, but like um, the lockdown psych ward. Yeah, where for we sure. we worried about like violence. Some of the uh, most intense patients in the whole state. So I'm guessing on a regular basis, I mean, regular nursing aside, now you have violent patients. Which means sometimes they throw poop at you. Gross. Not fun. And they try to pee on you. So what you're telling me is, I'm I'm not just worried about blood. I have to worry about poop? Well, there could be blood in feces. Yeah. So you got to treat all bodily fluids as if they contain blood and are hazardous. So yeah, no stranger to bloodborne pathogens. For sure, right? And and as a uh, mixed martial arts gym owner, I had to clean up a lot of blood uh, Saturday. (laughs) <laughs> this is just regular. On this is mats. just Saturday blood. It was it was a good open mat. We have this um, uh, belt holding pro MMA fighter, and then this new guy came in who wanted to spar with him Ooh. and started throwing hard. And our guy doesn't take that well, and so he, you know, got so him. this. Did this guy come in to like challenge the champ, or no? Is this guy I think he just didn't know just... his strength. Okay. And he was swinging hard. So it wasn't But he's a big guy. Like he so didn't we, mean to No, I don't think he was intentional, to start but anything. but our guy doesn't handle that well when he gets hit hard. He then hits hard back. Most of us don't. And um, um yeah. I had to go break and then we had to clean up blood. <laughs> well, a lot of it. Oh no. It was just a nosebleed, but it was like it wasn't on like the a wall mats nose. on the floor oh, mats. Oh no. Yeah. They got all over the place. Yeah, and then I had fighters that were still sparring like stepping in it. Now ah. I got a blood trail and I'm like, "Oh great, this is fun." 
<laughs> good contact tracing right there yeah and yeah so, your blood got on this guy on yeah. this mat to that person so um anyway let's talk about occupational stuff though yeah we, we well for sure but if you can pump the brakes and tell me how you've been i haven't seen you well i mean i could use that story we had a good, <laughs> good intense i've been good cleaning blood good intense open mat uh the other day no the gym's going well um we got a lot of fighters competing now. Um, Good. We had one just competing in boxing. We got two more competing in MMA. We always have a ton competing in grappling tournaments. Nice. We got another one doing a boxing show coming up. So it it's really just been fun to train folks for a long time, but then to travel with them and see them use them skills in the competition and see them do well. It just makes you really proud. So we're kind of in that phase in our gym. So it's fun. Nice. How about you? What's new? I'm just getting super hyped up to be back outside again. It's uh, it's getting nicer, you know. Temperature changing, things are getting better. So I started cleaning my deck and my patio, and oh, spring getting, cleaning, getting my grill ready. That's mostly what I'm really excited for. Have the grill out, you know, ready to go. Uh, I, I gotta build my pergola still. Uh, we tore it down last year. What's a year. pergola? It's like a it's like a wooden lattice. It's over like a patio. It's like all this like interlocking okay. pieces of wood. So it's not a gazebo. No, but you can build a pergola over a gazebo. Okay. It's like that wooden thing that just sits on top that overhangs it. Okay. And so I, I had one last I'll year. I'll have to Google it. It was, mine was honestly rotten. It was falling apart. It was terrible. It was a death trap. And as a safety person, I wouldn't let it stand. So you actually hooked me up with a cool dude, uh, came over. We got it safely taken down. Nice. And now this year, I want to build a new one. So Makes sense. I'm kind of getting everything cleaned up, getting the patio ready to go. I want a grill, but I want this. Nice pergola setup, so I can invite company back over, so it doesn't look and like it doesn't it. fall on them and kill them. Oh my gosh! And right? Like I'm a safety professional, Dude. and they walk out with the Ugh. wood sticking out of the neck, and then you got bloodborne <laughs> pathogen on your burgers. On the burger, I just flip it. He's, yeah, you just flip it. Heat, heat, man. That's heat, right. Fire kills. Those burgers had blood in them to start with. That's What's it. a little more blood? Right? You just turn it over. All right. So, um, <laughs> well, we're terrible. We just lost half our listeners. That's it. But you know, bloodborne path. I I got a. Ask, uh, what day is it? So coming up, <laughs> I have to go do bloodborne pathogen training for this company. Okay. And they asked me, they said, do you mind if we eat while you talk? <laughs> uh, and I go, no, I don't. Actually, you know, eating makes all safety training better. It really you, does. You know, when Having you have something yeah, else to yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah. When it's you nice. eat, safety training is better. And the better snacks, the, the more they're going to say my class is good. But, so don't give them carrot sticks. Yeah. I said, however... <laughs> I am going to show a lot of gross stuff. <laughs> Don't give them carrots. And they're like, uh, we take that under advisement. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I'm going to do some bloodborne pathogen while people are eating. And yeah. We're going to see how that goes. Let's go over hepatitis. Yeah. Hey, class, let's go over fecal transmission. Well, you know how we show videos yeah. mixed in with our PowerPoint slides. And, Have you and seen bloodborne some of the ridiculous ones I put in there? Yeah, so um, <laughs> I cannot use that. Oh. I'll tell you why later off, off air, off but okay. it's a certain nuance about this company where a lot of that wouldn't fly. Okay. Yeah. So. That's too bad. Some of my new ones are great. Yeah, I love no. your old one of the guy who breaks the sword. Yeah, yeah, that him. one's good. Yeah, but the best part for me about that video is how he's behind the counter and he doesn't stop doing his salesman announcer no, voice. No, he's like, I mean, "Oh, you, you know, oh, that got me the, good." The, the show must go on. <laughs> so the funny. show must go on. The guy at the end. We need surgery yeah. in the studio. Yeah, that's got to be fake. But they oh did a really gosh. good job. So on funny. But anyway, um, sorry guys. You got <laughs> you got any uh, real life uh, cases that are maybe on the OSHA website or anything that. 
you know, bear mentioning so on this. So this one was on the OSHA website. This was a really, really recent one. So I know normally we dazzle you guys with stuff that's happened here locally, but I thought this one was just kind of neat. So I jotted it down. Lay it on him, man. Ooh. So here you go. A packaging company, big packaging company, got cited for bloodborne pathogen exposures for its employees because it was allowing its employees to handle biohazard labeled material with no training. Okay. No issued PPE and no controls on the biohazards and no policy. Okay. I could see how that could get them. Yeah. They got hit on a lot Be of a tough accounts. one to fight if I was assigned that one. I'd so, want to know yeah, if they hit them on a bloodborne pathogen standard, like they actually, yeah. st- you know, the standard number, the Code of Federal Regulation 1910. Okay. Like if they actually hit them with a bloodborne pathogen, I would dig and probably like, What's in it? Because if it wasn't a bloodborne pathogen and they hit you with a bloodborne pathogen standard, maybe right. I'd have some wiggle room. Maybe. But they, they got hit, couldn't get out of it. Do you Charged remember the fine amount? 30-something thousand. Wow. Yeah, 30-something thousand for the employees that were exposed. And that's what it got paid. So maybe it we was- We have a lot of clients you know, who- 60. Who handle bloodborne pathogens. Oh, yeah. Or no, no. Let me say it differently. We have a lot of clients that deal with biohazardous material, mm-hmm. but they're not always bloodborne pathogens. Mm-hmm. There is a difference. There and, is a difference. Uh, most of the labs that of our clients, they deal with biohazardous stuff. Right. But it doesn't mean it's bulbar pathogen. So, but that's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm just a guy who loads trucks and delivers and stuff, and mm-hmm. now I got to handle a box that's got that crazy, wicked-looking symbol on it, the biohazard mm-hmm. symbol, and uh, OSHA pops in at me and says, hey, are you trained to play with that? I go, no. Yeah, I could see where they would be in trouble. Yep, and they did their investigation, and uh, that's how it all came out to be at the end. So that one was that was a little not, uh, bonkers. Did you have anything? Could you think of? Have we done a? Have we done here a local one where we've gotten to do an OSHA? Um, I deal with a lot of clients that um, their um, employees have bloodborne pathogens, right? Diagnosed. I was just racking my brain for and so um, I can't remember. If we I've did or been not. asked to do this training um, for companies when they found out they had an employee with a bloodborne pathogen, and it's always like you were always supposed to be doing this training. This is an annual requirement. <laughs> you were always supposed to be doing this, but now because you know one of your employees has a bloodborne pathogen, now yeah. you want to do the training. And, now all of a sudden it means, and, something. and that's fine. You know, let's get her done. But right. you know. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is an annual training requirement. And it needs to be done every year. And this topic is not just construction, not mm-hmm. just manufacturing. Nope. Um, I'm talking about tattoo shops. I'm talking about uh, med spas, you know, yeah. like even an office, you know, um, there's people hurt themselves and there's blood in an office. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. But my understanding of how a lot of your own personal medical um, situations go, I don't have to disclose to my employer or my facility if I have a communicable bloodborne passenger disease. I don't technically I have no obligation to tell anybody legally. Can't, couldn't I keep that to myself? Well, I don't think anybody asks anyway. Right. I've never got a job where they asked. So you could, I mean, theoretically, I mean, not to, even a nursing job. I don't like to me. play scare tactics, and you and I prefer to play real world. We don't like to go, oh, you'll be afraid all the time. But realistically, that person that you know or have worked with for years, they could be sitting on well, hundred percent. All you got to do to get, you know, 
real probabilities. The CDC has data yeah. on how many people have hep B. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is growing again. Hep C, HIV, AIDS. Mm-hmm. You know, you could even get local data from your district health. Right. They put that out every year. Yeah. You For can real. Find out how many people are in your area and that And then have you it. could know your population, do a little bit of math per mm-hmm. capita, and you could realize your probability. And there's some places that have a much higher probability than others, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever factors. So um, that's why, um, you know, in the hospital, we, we had a different word for this. We call it universal precautions. Right, yeah. And it was treat all bodily fluids as if they are infected. As if, you know, and I always say it differently. Treat all bodily fluids as if they have every disease known to mankind. That herpagonocephalitis? That's the bad one. <laughs> it's the new strain of COVID. This is the new COVID, the herpacovid syphilitis. The herpacovid 21. syphilitis. 21. Um, but seriously, um, I mean. Well, if, I want to go back to that, what you just said about every fluid, because uh, that trips me up, man. Think about how often you've been seeing TV. Now, I'm going to throw a quiz at you. Okay. What if, Aaron, I was out swimming in the ocean okay and i got stung by a jellyfish and i remembered i saw on tv somebody said if somebody gets stung by a jellyfish pee on it okay so could i ask any random stranger because they also tell me sometimes that urine is, is really gross that urine question. is 100 percent sterile <laughs> this is probably the grossest question but bear grills bear grills said that urine is sterile it's not sterile. Once it comes through the urethra, then it gets heavily contaminated. So if I was out there and urine I- Urine is sterile in your bladder. I couldn't urinate on my so, jellyfish so thing, so let's I pretend asked a stranger to you do You asked it. a stranger to urinate <laughs> on you. Um, so, all right, let's go back to my open mat on Saturday. Okay. These guys are swinging hard at each other. Right. Beating it. Well, I mean, yeah. They're and if they were to take a, a body man. shot okay. to the kidneys- Right. You could urinate blood. For sure. Yeah. Kidney stones. So. Have uh, been known to to damage stuff on the way out and the way by. So you could have blood tinged any bodily fluid. Blood. Sure. So one of the things that I always mess with people when I'm teaching blood practice, and I like to get them going. It's It's just to cause a fight. I like it. You know, because sometimes the class is quiet on you. Right. And so you got to get them angry. But sometimes that's the best way people will remember stuff. Well, for sure. All of a sudden they were into it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, wait. So one of my tactics, if my class is stonewalling me on bloodborne pathogens, Mm -hmm. well, I'll just say out of nowhere, they lied to you your whole life. (laughs) You can get AIDS from kissing. Oh, and then they'll just flip out. That's it. People lose their business. Oh, yeah. No, you can't. No, No, you can't. can't. You can't. No, no, you can't. It's been proven. There, There can't be AIDS transmitted saliva. And I'm like, you're right. Kind of. They have not been proven that AIDS is in saliva. Right. But I said, but let's pretend you believe me. How could you get a blood-borne pathogen from kissing? Well, maybe I just flossed. Well, yeah. And then when they start actually thinking about it, you know, um, then someone usually gets right. Well, if you have an open wound... Mm-hmm. And they have an open wound, mm-hmm. and my blood gets in their blood. Now the probabilities of that Super and all low. that, you know, right. but just to get Actual people actually thinking right. about it, because yeah, I mean, I've bitten my cheek eating too fast. I've stabbed the roof of my mouth with a Dorito before. Yep. That was fun. Um, <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, flossing, brushing. Right. Um, what about when it gets like winter that we just had, super duper dry, yeah. insanely cold? Yeah, all my sinuses lips, are crack, popping. Back crack of my throat lips. is all. I mean, everything, yeah. 
You could also have a bleeding ulcer. You could also Ooh. have uh, coughing so hard from an illness right. that you have little blood vessels pop. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and, you can have blood in your mouth for so many reasons. Yeah. So, um, you know, just to get people thinking about it. But, but then all of a sudden, it's kind of like, you know, they have that little bit of a moment where they're like, oh, wait a second. They, that is kind of like maybe unreasonable, but also possible. Yeah. It, you know, and there could be blood in any body fluid. So then the big question is, Aaron, why are we doing bloodborne pathogen training at XYZ company? Right. We don't have sex on the break, <laughs> uh, unprotected. <laughs> it's quite a company. <laughs> and we don't share needles on break either. Wow. This you know, place is yeah, they're good. like, why Excellent. are we doing this? Because AIDS is a, a sharing needle and an unprotected sex thing. That's what they're telling me. That's what they tell you. And they're like, so why are we doing, why are we talking about this at work? And I said, have you ever seen blood at work? Yeah. Everybody said, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in your former life in the restaurant industry, did you see blood at work? Oh my gosh, so much blood. You know, I mean, I've seen blood in the office. I've gotten a paper cut from a stupid file. Oh yeah. You know, like the thick files. Yeah. Those bleed. Man, well, I mean, working where we worked, cardboard. Just breaking down boxes at the end of the day to throw them all away. That cardboard will slice you to ribbons. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's got to deal with bloodborne pathogens. Yeah. And so, you know, then I asked people too, well, have you ever helped a coworker out and done first aid for him? Mm-hmm. And not everybody raises hands, but there's always a few. Mm-hmm. And so now you have a chance to get a bloodborne pathogen. Yeah. Now in our constructions and manufacturing trades, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, the bloody right. sharps that are there. Oh, yeah. Um, their idea of closing up a wound is a little dirt, a little spit, sometimes electrical tape if it's real bad. You know, uh, we just had an injury not too long ago where a guy was switching hands with the grinder. Oh, yeah, that was a fun he one. He caught his thumb. But anytime a spinning wheel causes the cut, it aerosolizes the blood then. So what you're telling me is- makes it fly. I was in that cloud, I could breathe in blood? Well, not only breathe it in, you can get in your eyes, your nose, all your mucous membranes. Right. It's going to coat my and, sinuses in my and mouth, your, and then I'm going to swallow Your conjunctiva. It. Do you know what that is? I, I, it <laughs> makes me think of pink eye, which is yeah, conjunctivitis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know how you take uh, medicine in your eye? Okay. There's this very absorb, uh, absorptive layer on the underside of your eyelid. That's your conjunctiva. So that's where you get pink eye, conjunctivitis. Yeah, it, so like, you, you could that. absorb... Um, drugs or someone else's blood through there. You go could, through there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so aerosolized blood through cuts on grinders, chop saws, anything like that. Um, that's why there is an actual rule in the standard that talks about no open, no like food or drink in a work area. Right. Yeah. They actually get very specific about uh, separating food and snacks and drink areas from work areas. And people hate that rule. Oh, yeah. And they're very mad. They're quite good. And I've actually had employers say, Aaron, I don't want people to eat and drink in the work area. Mm-hmm. I want to go the OSHA angle so I have an actual valid uh, Right, like backing. a legal. Yeah, to say they I'm can't do it. I'm not just being it. a turd. And they said, and I have looked and looked and looked, and I can't find it. I said, go to the Bloodborne Pathogen, because that's where you're going to find yep. it. Because if I get cut... And my blood splatters and you got your open can of whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you go take a drink and you got a cut on your lip. Now we got issues. I need to make a mental note because I, in my mind, that was also in the Hascom standard. I think it's actually in like three places. I think it's also in housekeeping. Okay. Yeah. We've got like, they really I know for sure home. with 
the same thing in Hascal with the mm-hmm. chemicals in the food because chemicals can yep. splash on the food. But that's what they said is no food or drink in a work area where it could be exposed to chemicals. Yeah. Like, I think they do that over and over. So, like, an employer has a real good leg to stand on. Right. We can separate. Even, you know, we got a lot of uh, folks that we deal with. They got a pack of cigarettes in the shirt oh, pocket. Gosh. Right there. You know, and if blood got on those, yep. and then they go put that in their mouth. And, and all the time. It's either like they open got their, or it's old and damaged. So you can see cigarettes. And they got their spit can. <laughs> Everybody's Everywhere. got a spit can. And Ugh. if blood gets all on that rim and then they do that. They chew so. water and it's just gross. So, yeah, bloodborne pathogen, it's a real issue for yeah. every single industry and every single trade. It's for uh, first aid on an employee. It's for um, when there's an injury. Um, you know, people can be exposed uh, if they really thought about it. Right. So OSHA requires training every single year on bloodborne pathogens. Yep. And uh, they're actually. Documented record of that training. And they're actually pretty strict on it. Like if you did it in April one year and then in May the next, you went over a year. You went over a year and you could get cited. If they really felt like doing that. Mm -hmm. So it can be. And something that a lot of people don't realize about the standard is in the bloodborne pathogens regulation, they do require a live question and answer to be a part of that training. So it can't just be a video thing that you buy offline to watch. At some point, there has to be live question and answer. Yeah, and if you're going to do that video, then someone who knows something or at least could go look up something mm-hmm. should go and turn the DVD off and go, hi, class, now I'm here to answer right. any questions you might have on bloodborne pathogen. And if right. someone raises their hand and you know for sure the answer, you could answer. If not, get it to them, and that would be kind of a cheater way to, to get it done. I mean, yeah, but it would, you know, maybe you could barely skate through the bottom end of that standard that requires you'd, that. You'd want it somehow in your outline or your course, okay. your question, live question and answer. Which brings us to that other part, though. Not only do you have to have all this required training, but you have to have a bloodborne pathogen policy. Oh, yeah. That's reviewed annually. Yep. So you got to have the annual review. Who reviews policies every year? Me. <laughs> <laughs> evil safety dudes. Oh, you just that's made why me we're, sad. That's why we're evil. <laughs> There's so many that require that, and, yep. and, and most people aren't doing it. Having the annual review. We need one on policies. We Yeah, we should actually we, probably do it. I don't know if we could. Well, we have we'll to have compete, a series. We'll compete with Ambien. Ambien? We'll have a podcast on policies. On policies. And then we'll have a competition. Who? What makes people fall asleep quicker? <laughs> Taking a Lunesta or an Ambien or listening to our policy podcast. Right, yeah. But if you're a safety nerd They'll or you're just in charge or have a safety responsibility, you need to know about safety policies. Oh, my gosh. So many. I So this morning, total sidetrack, I spent four hours today customizing and answering questions and uploading policies. Yeah, that's all I did for four hours straight. Yeah, I, my brain almost just melted out my ears. Policies are such a big deal for every company, and bloodborne pathogen, no exception, has a huge policy requirement with the annual review requirement. Yeah, and and it's you shouldn't just get one of those off Google. Oh, are you sure? I can't just Google bloodborne pathogen. A lot of people do. It. You know, a lot of people do. They say, "Oh, I just found out I need a bloodborne policy. I'm going to ask my friend who has a company." Uh, see if he'll give me his, and I'll just change the name. Okay, but what if? But he's... he he was a florist, and I'm a plumber. Florist, as in flowers? Sure, I had to make something up. <laughs> Plumbers always are friends with florists. You didn't know you, that? You, you answered that really well. I was gonna make a bad joke about he's someone who lays down floors. 
Okay, but, a florist. <laughs> I'm terrible. That was sorry, guys. I apologize for my horrible sense of humor. But if if you if you don't know, that happens all the time, all the time. Oh, oh Aaron, yeah. I don't need you to make me a policy. I'm gonna get one for my buddy. He's yeah. got a company and he's been in business more than me, so I'm sure he has one. He calls his buddy, but he goes, "Sure, I'll send you our bloodborne pathogen policy." Yeah. And they email it to him, and they swap their names right. from uh, AJ's florist, AJ's florist to Aaron's plumbing. Right. And uh, they go, I'm good to go. They're ready. I have it. If OSHA asks, I got it. Right. And then, uh, lo and behold, some weird thing happens, and OSHA is actually asking for it. And it's like, it says in here that uh, you're going to review bloodborne pathogen incidents every month in your safety committee meeting. And you don't have a safety yeah, committee. You don't have a safety committee. Nor do you meet, nor do you retain the minutes from it. <laughs> yeah, so you have months of un- <laughs> undocumented proof that you and, needed. And now OSHA's citing you for something you said you were going to do. It's not even an OSHA rule, but you just got a well, po- uh, a policy from a buddy. So. Right. Here's a real one that actually happened. Um, 2018, it's been a minute. But I got put in charge of doing policies for a company, and they were like, no, we don't need all of them. We just need some of them. And I was like, cool, send me what you got. And he's like, I got these from my insurance agent. And I was like, all right, cool. None of them had his own name on it, had his carrier's name on it, and they all said that they were drafts. But that's what he had. Like In his mind, he thought that he actually had like a dozen policies covering his stuff for years. Right. And they all said, you know, XYZ carrier draft. Yeah. He had no idea. So, um, so yeah, his policies were never adopted, never reviewed, nothing. It was rough. So, you got to have a bloodborne pathogen policy. You got to do training every year and you got to train them on what it needs to be. Now, if you ask me to do bloodborne pathogen training for uh, a hospital, man, I got to do needle sticks, the sharps right. containers. I got to get into, uh, cause the OSHA rules don't change. No. They still want us to engineer away the hazard. Yep. You know, the hierarchy controls are still the same thing. They're not like, oh, just give the employees gloves. That's how you're handling blood. (laughs) No, how about we not make blood? So needleless systems, they want us to have these really cool, um, it's not new tech, but it's kind of like new tech, um, where you have self-sheathing needles. Right. I give an injection, I hit a button like a switchblade, and the needle shoots and retracts in there. But those are super expensive. So they have cheaper ones where I got to move a lid a certain way and it covers the needle. I don't have to recap. Like OSHA still wants us to engineer out all of our exposures before we just throw PPE at the problem. Because everybody, oh, we'll just wear gloves. We'll just wear gloves. Right. But um, that's not good enough in OSHA's eyes. No. And there's so many parts of the standard. There's a housekeeping standard. There's a waste management. There's a a biohazard and biohazard – disposals part of the state bags and stickers i mean there is like it's actually really really extensive and all of that that could apply to you has to get trained every year guys when i'm training on bloodborne pathogens i I like to do a scenario i say okay you know mike over there he gets stabbed with a nail and you know he's off over there cussing in the corner right and, and someone else is helping him with first aid and uh you know, you got you got this blood trail and you got this blood on this nail. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> what you can do about it, huh? And then you know, you Be know a tough guy. You know what the number one answer is? Bleach. I Hell go, yeah. great. That's actually in the standard. Is a, a OSHA will allow you to do it in a I think it's a one to ten one solution, to 10. even in the standard. It has a that. time limit. And I said, Hey man, so you got bleach in your work truck? <laughs> well no. <laughs> well no. I said, So, you know, why don't we talk about something you could actually do? Yeah. And then the room gets silent 
because nobody's carrying with them an actual chemical yeah. designed to kill viruses. But I do. I always try to tell people too, they're not expensive. We we find nice bloodborne pathogen cleanup kits for like ten bucks a pop. And those are awesome and I get into that, but there's no uh disinfectant in there. Some of them actually come with a spray on disinfectant. Well that'd be awesome. They're I've never more, seen one with they're that. a little more expensive. They got the little pooper scooper. Yep. So they, they got the little dustpan and brush and the absorbent and a gown and a biohazard bag and a uh, really chintzy bag. face shield. Oh, it's the worst. And it has to unroll and it never sits on your face, right? But uh, yeah, it'd be awesome if people actually had something designed to kill viruses. Yeah. And then the next thing, uh, some companies do. They actually have uh, sterifeme or some type of chemical that was okay. designed for bodily fluids. And I go, okay, cool. That's yeah. awesome. How do you use it? Well, you spray it on and then you wipe it off. Duh, Aaron. And, and, it's and a I, cleaner. And, Ugh. you know, I knew I was teaching ahead of time, so I'll grab a bottle or send somebody off to grab a bottle, sure. and then we'll read the directions, and it'll say, must sit 10 minutes. Right. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh. Yeah, because, you know, you cleaned it. You sprayed some liquid on there. You cleaned the blood up. It looks clean to the eye, but microscopically, there could be a lot of viruses on there because right. you didn't allow it to sit long enough to actually do its job and kill things. Which references back to a previous IBC podcast for you listeners out there that remember cleaning versus disinfecting. Yes, there is a difference. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot to it. Um, yeah. I like biohazard bags. They're stronger. I wish everybody had them. Yeah, there's like a 10 millimeter thick plastic mm -hmm. bag. is super bright red. Bright, crazy like red. a hundred of those scary symbols on there. <laughs> I think it's just got one on each side. <laughs> the ones we got, it's like littered with them. Like it's just all over. Like I got it's a, a box decoration. of them here. Yeah. But awesome. nobody buys them. Not nobody, but very few people Buy a box of biohazard bags. Right. Well, yeah, because yeah. it's like we've said so many times, everybody's reactive. Yeah. You never think that you're going to have a job site covered in blood until you have a job site covered in blood. People don't train janitorial staff in this properly. No. Janitorial, unfortunately. People don't train the laundry really people in this. Laundry. There's, there's blood on the uniforms that they throw in the hamper. Mm -hmm. You leave your pen in that pocket. Yep. They go and they reach in there and they bunch it all up and yeah. they stab their hand with the pen that right. was in the bloody pocket Oof. and boom, they have an injection of somebody else's blood. Oof. We didn't even get into what, what to do if you do get someone else's blood in. But maybe one day we'll come back with Bloodborne <laughs> Pathogens Part Dieu. Dieu. But for now, we are out of time. So we thank you all for joining and tuning in. It makes me so sad. To the Evil Safety Dudes I podcast. Missed, I missed my cue that time. You want to do it again? Yeah. Thank the you for joining <laughs> in and tuning in and logging in and clicking buttons and listening to the Evil Safety Dudes <laughs> podcast on Bloodborne Pathogens. And until next time, folks, stay safe out there. Don't die. We're all dog face. Thank <laughs> you.